0: Welcome in. This is your Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Farmers Insurance Open. I'm Rick Gaiman, that right there, Joe Idoni. And Joe, I'm I'm confused. It's Tuesday, my friend.
1: What's up, man? I'm just tweeting out the link here because we were a little bit behind on some of our normal uh, everything, I guess, today, as it felt like Tuesday and Wednesday were kind of merged together this week. Tweeting out the link to the show. Hope you guys can come and join us. And we're excited to uh, run this the next 45 minutes down on a Tuesday.
0: On a Tuesday, Uh, if you have not figured it out by now, this golf tournament starts on Wednesday morning and you are probably helpless at this point because it has been the one thing, I've said it 900 times, everyone is trying to raise the alarms, but uh, a Wednesday to Saturday start, which shortens the turnaround time. We'll get a longer turnaround time next week, but I mean, does it impact the guys that we might want to be investing in who played last week? I know they didn't travel very far, but there's one day less preparation.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to really for me to factor that in and play things any differently. It's a little bit different in terms of trying to analyze and do your normal research and analysis for the week because you have a little bit less time to prepare. But in terms of the impact, I think it's going to have on whether a play, player uh, plays well this week or doesn't play well. The extra day, I don't think is going to play a huge factor.
0: I agree with you. I just wanted to get your take on it, but I absolutely agree. I don't think it really matters one bit, especially because the travel was uh, very, very quick from the California desert to Southern California. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. The next 45 minutes or so is the most critical moments of the jock market for this week's golf cash market. We are in the IPO phase, which means that you are now able to bid on shares of golfers. And if you're one of the high bidders, when This market closes right around 9 p.m. Eastern time. Then those shares are going to be allocated to you. And then you'll have an opportunity to trade them over the course of the event. Or you can buy more shares or you can short shares now. And then with the guaranteed payouts, Joe, that's what we're all playing for. So that is how we cash this thing out uh, in four days time. Those guaranteed payouts for every position on the board.
1: Yep. The structure now has been the same, I believe, since the Sony in terms of uh, how many spots pay out and exactly what they pay out. So another full field event, we get back to the standard sort of two day cut line this week versus the three last week. Um, still kind of a unique situation with the, with the two course setup those first two days. I know that you're very familiar with Tory Pines. Got any insight on how this thing, uh, I guess, generally plays and, or anything different this week we can expect?
0: Yeah, the good thing about Torrey Pines is that it is a very consistent setup. There are there are places like that on the PGA Tour where it's the same time of year. It's uh, you know the 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 superintendent sets it up the same way. You get generally the same type of field that's what you get at Torrey Pines. So that thick uh, Kakuya rough on, on the south course uh, and, and the Poana greens that we're going to see for three out of the four rounds and par will often be a very good score around here. So I, I can't imagine we are going to get the birdie fests outside of maybe some low scores on the north side, but that's only going to account for 25% of the rounds, Joe. Otherwise, this should be a pretty stout test.
1: Yeah, I totally agree there. Uh, I know you've played it as well. Well, it's interesting Where this falls on the schedule, I always feel like, because it feels like a a drastic turn from what you see leading into this event, typically, particularly through the fall, where you generally have your shorter coastal Bermuda grass course setups um, around seven to 7,200 yards, very short wedge fest. Like you mentioned, birdie fest, you have tournament, you have the sort of Hawaii swing, which is some slight dog legs on holes. But generally pretty pretty you know reasonable fairways and not a long course and then you show up to Torrey Pines and the south course kind of hits you right in the mouth at 7700 yards narrow fairways hard to hit greens it's really a different test so it's interesting when you kind of are generating you know your research and analysis based on say the last 12 24 36 rounds played you're looking at a lot of courses that aren't that similar to what we're going to see this week
0: Yeah, pretty good point there, Joe. If you want to get in on the action, a couple of ways to do it. Uh, If you want to deposit, use the code POWER. That's up to a $50 deposit bonus. It's the best bonus that is available. If you want to win a little free cash this evening, very easy to do. Make sure that your Jock Market username is in the chat right now, and I'll go through and I'll give away some money as the course of the evening goes on. But oh boy, Joe, just to kind of Put a little reference point in for uh, what we saw last week and how this could break down for this week. It was a penny stock bonanza last (laughs) week at the American Express because Hudson Swafford won the event. Twenty five dollars per share was the payout, and I know that uh, the chat. Let's see, Brent Harris had seventeen shares of old Swaff Daddy. So he made 17 times 21, whatever that is, on Hudson Swafford, because Swafford went for three dollars and thirty-three cents a share last week. That is one of the larger returns we've seen in quite some time. And there were plenty of them, Joe. Tom Hoagie, Lonto Griffin, Brian Harmon, Lee Hodges, all sold for less than four dollars and fifty cents a share one week ago.
1: Wow, the top five, four twenty nine was the highest price guy there. Yeah long shot event. We kind of knew it going in. I ended up with a lot of guys at the top of the board, but I was able to sell the majority of those shares very early on when I kind of saw the way this thing was shifting. So I didn't have Patrick Cantlay who jumped out to that crazy start and I kind of got the feeling early that it was going to be Cantlay or something crazy. So I was able to sort of unload a lot of the gooch and the phenol and the answer shares that that I had sort of accumulated during IPO, which is which is not a bad strategy if you can kind of feel that out to just take a little profit, you know, even if it's 25 to 50 cents a share and just unload some of that, um, you know, risk basically that you have in your profile uh, in terms of VC saying things, things shaping up different early.
0: Speaking of Patrick Cantlay, was very expensive last week. $10.54, still returned a profit, a small one, $11.50. That's a 9% ROI. I've been looking at the markets, Joe, recently. I'd die for a 9% ROI at this point. Yeah, <laughs> no
1: kidding. No matter where you have your money right now, 9% you're, ROI. You're not getting
0: crazy. 9% anywhere else but Jock Market. That's the yeah. safest place for your money right now. Yep. Oh my God! Patrick <laughs> Cantlay pulls it off another good week. John Rom actually uh, sold for eleven ninety one. He uh, finished at nine dollars a share. So that's kind of the you know the 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 risk reward right when you are paying up for someone who's that expensive. It was nearly a record we saw on John Rom last week, and even with a you know a, a pretty decent result, you didn't burn your cash like it would for an outright. You got the majority of it plus uh, some back.
1: Yeah, it's funny. It's, you just got to kind of look at it in different ways. Like if John Rahm was five to one last week. So is he going to win that tournament one out of every five years in that type of field? Probably. Right. But the other four times you lose all your money. Right. You go broke every right. one of your dollars that you spend on an outright of them, 80 percent of those times you're getting zero back. This week, he has a disappointing week by, I think, his and any other standards of the number one player in the world. And he didn't lose too much. What did you lose? Two-something a share. So the upside is still there for a guy to finish well, even when he has a bad week uh, where you're not, you're not sort of going bust.
0: Yep, $2.91 a share is what he lost you last week. And that's a perfect segue into more John Rom conversation for our brand new segment called Bullish or Bearish. That's where Joe and I go through four different golfers and we look at their fair value. We turn that into what they are going to need to finish in the golf tournament to turn you a profit. And we decide whether we are, you guessed it, bullish or bearish on said golfer. Let's just start with Rom. He's the favorite. It's not really close. He has been phenomenal. I'm not even sure that's a strong enough adjective to describe his play at Torrey Pines over the years. We're setting his fair value at $9.61. Whether you can get him at 961 this week, Joe, that's a different conversation. But 961 right. fair value would essentially be asking him to finish 12th or better. Bullish or bearish on John Rom.
1: I was wrong last week when I took bullish, but I'm going to go right back to the well again and say bullish on that spot. I don't see him finishing outside the top 12 this week. I know that the field is much stronger. I know this is a much more big time event, but Tory Pines is is John Rom's sweet spot. Um, he's able to separate himself on these longer courses from the pack like you. You have Rom last week in Lee Hodges, and they hit 20 balls from 100 yards, there's not going to be much separation there, even though they're totally different players. You have them both hit them from 200 yards, and John Rahm is going to showcase his ability and his talent level and the gap between him and an average PGA Tour player. That's why I'm more bullish on Rom this week. I'm going to go bullish.
0: I will agree with you. I will also take bullish on John Rahm. And I thought that you used a really good word there. You said separate. Uh, John Rahm can separate himself from the field. And the way to best separate yourself from the field is to play a more difficult golf course, because that is what we've seen at major championships. It, we know that it requires complete control of your game in all facets. And there is no arguing that John Rahm is the best player in the world right now, almost nearly across the board. So I agree. I'm going to go with bullish. Now, we nearly saw a record on John Rahm last week. I think uh, what I say, 1191. I think the record's 1251. That's yeah. the most expensive he's ever been at waste management uh, last year, I believe. Is there a chance we get anywhere close to that tonight?
1: I don't think so. If we didn't get there last week, I have a hard time thinking we're going to get there this week. I would imagine that he does clear that nine dollar mark, where um, you know his fair value projection is nine sixty one. I think we probably get him somewhere in the mid to high ten dollar range. If you want shares around.
0: All right, next up, bullish or bearish? Jordan Spieth, very interesting mm. name. Our fair value seven dollars and forty eight cents. And you can let us know in the chat whether you're bullish or bearish on these golfers 748 Joe asking Jordan Spieth to finish 21st or better bullish or bearish
1: I'm gonna go bearish I don't love the course setup for Spieth I don't love the form Um, he's lost in five of the last six contests and you see the one there which I believe is the CJ cup he was barely a, a very small gainer so He's on a sort of downward trajectory and trend, and I don't think this is a get-right spot for Spieth in the current state of his game. I'm going to go bearish. What about you, buddy?
0: I think we're on the same page again here. Yeah, um, I'm I'm excited, more excited about Spieth longer term, but even when Spieth is at his best, kind of what we saw last summer, it was still missing a lot of fairways and allowing your irons and wedges to take over. That will be more difficult here, and we also have not really seen that as much. He kind of limped to the finish line of 2021. and I'm wondering how the start's going to be for 2022. So I'm with you. We'll go bearish on Jordan Spieth. Next up, Maverick McNeely, California kid knows how to play on these Poana greens. I'm setting the fair value at $5.10, which is asking McNeely to finish 33rd or better bullish or bearish on Maverick McNeely.
1: I'm bearish, but I tell you what, I don't think the market is. I took an early peek, and he's like inside the top five. He's already cleared the $5 mark, which we'll get into in a minute. But I'm bearish this week. Um, I just think that's a high mark for him to hit in such a big-time field. I'm going to sort of play the percentages and think that he goes under that. What about you?
0: All right, I'll take the other side. I'll take – bullish the thing that is interesting about mcneely and you can kind of see it in his jock market results maybe a little bit this might not be the best illustration of it but he started his career as a popper he missed a lot of cuts then you'd see him jump up and he'd finish second at pebble beach and then he missed a couple cuts and he'd finish you know and a 14 dollar payout at heritage Well, he's starting to get more and more consistent there is a real art to putting on these Poana Greens. I'm I'll be bullish on Mav McNeely to finish inside the top 33, And that would be a fair value of about five dollars and ten cents per share. Finally, guy who's won this event. Guy's got a trophy or two on the mantle. Jason Day, four dollars and three cents. That is asking him to finish about 41st or better, Joe. Are you bullish? Or bearish on the
1: Australian Jason Day. I'm gonna go bearish again, man. I know I did three out of four guys, but oh I, man, just you are not, so lame. <laughs> I'm just not seeing it right now with Day. You look at how many uh, markets in a row there that he's lost you and money in. The the it just seems like he's totally searching off the tee. I know that he's going through some pretty transformational swing changes right now as well. This is certainly a get right spot you would think for Day, given his propensity to to finish well and a win here in the past. Plus, he's awesome around the green, right? That's where his strength usually lies. And this is, of course, with the amount of greens in regulation that you're going to hit, uh, being lower than the average tour spot, it's going to require you to get up and down quite a bit, a la what we kind of, kind of the, the mold that we saw Patrick Reed take last year, which is just get it close to the green and, and scramble your nuts off. Uh, but I don't see it for a day this week. I'm going to go bearish.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the the saving grace for Jason Day is the history, but he's like yeah. not that guy anymore, right? He's yeah. not that really strong ball striker and the guy that rolls every single putt in. He still hits the high ball, which I think is important at Torrey Pines, but he's not as long as he used to be. I just, listen, the guy was awesome for a really long time and he's going to pop here and there. I just, think that people will look at the history and probably overpay for him tonight. So I'll be bearish on Jason Day as well. Mm. Tough to say. I hope he proves us wrong. Um, Let me give away a little cash. Okay. Here's what happens. If you can be in the chat with your jock market username, you can get entered into a draw, just like Matthew did And now Matthew is $20 richer because we're going to credit his jock market account uh, in a couple of business days. Usually takes a couple of days, Matthew. Give us uh, some time there. But congratulations, you are on the board. Be like Matthew. Enter your jock market username in the chat right now. I've got more money to give away. You can also use the code POWER up to a $50 deposit bonus. We're giving away free cash, people. Let's do it. I'm about to unveil the big board, Joe. Um, Have you been peaking? Do you have any idea how the market's shaping up at the moment?
1: I peaked early on. Rom was up top as expected. Then after that, things were a little bit jumbled. But, you know, as we typically see those things even out and sort of, you know, know, the the cream will rise as we get closer and closer to 9 p.m. here.
0: A live look at the jock market shows. John Rahm is not only at the top of the board, but he is already... $9.77 $9.77 a share for those of you tuning in at home. He needs to finish 12th or better. That is basically the argument for John Rom. Joe, we've been tracking this. This has been happening week in and week out. Someone. Gets a very early investment with thirty minutes to go, and then we don't know what happens after this. A lot of times, it's a lot of times it stays there, or maybe in the last minute we'll see it jump up by people who just can't just can't resist. I, I mean, this is already off to an incredibly hot start for John Rom.
1: Absolutely, yeah. You already see that, him clearing his fair value projection. Obviously, the number one pre-rank carries some weight there. But like you mentioned, we see it all the time, right? Someone jumps out early and places those bids in and just kind of secures that spot. And people, your eyes tend to look elsewhere, right? You want to find value that hasn't quite gotten to that price point yet. And he could just kind of linger there in the high nines, low tens, as we get to 9 p.m. And as people get closer and closer to him, the more I like John Rom, like it all depends on the gap between him and the next player, how far apart that is dollar wise. But he's substantially, I think, the the best player in the world right now on a course that he loves. He deserves to be sort of a heavy favorite and deserves to be, you know, priced where he is.
0: Uh, it's hard to argue with that statement. Let's look at the rest of the top ten. This is the pre-ranked top ten. If you don't know why the pre-rank is important, it's because it breaks ties. So John Rahm, the number one pre-rank, he breaks the tie with everyone. So if there's a five-way tie for six, who's getting the full payout? That guy, John Rahm, is. So it's important. The rest of the top 10, very early, Joe, but we've got a little bit of steam on... Sam Burns, $5.74. Hideki Matsuyama is at $2. Basically, everyone else is at $1. They're not going to stay there, obviously. We've got a lot of time left to go. But who in this top 10 are you most excited about investing in this evening?
1: Okay, so I'm going to be really interested in Xander Shoffley's price. I like his chances a lot this week. Obviously, the local narratives. But really, what was more important to me is – he had the best scoring average last year on the South Course. If you take the the those three rounds and you put them together, he would have won the event. He just wasn't able to to go low enough, like Rom did on the on the North. Um, but at the same token, you know it's he's something's up with him at this place. The one that I'm most interested in and most intrigued by is Dustin Johnson, because what do we really do here with DJ? It seems like forever since we've seen him, he hasn't played this event a whole lot, so not a lot of history, but it seems like a place tailor-made uh, for his skill set.
0: I'm probably more excited about Dustin Johnson than most. The We are at um, an interesting point. If you look at his outright number, it's basically the longest that he has been in a year, and he is still an unbelievable putter. Um, he yeah. is still plenty of kind of space for him to improve and get back to being an absolute top tier golfer. I'm trying to just click through his career IPO prices. Let's see here. So the last time we saw Dustin Johnson was the CJ Cup at Summit, $8.59. Mm-hmm. Before that, tour championship 733, 688, 705, 754. There has not recently been a super positive sentiment on Dustin Johnson you think he's going to kind of live in that similar range
1: here this evening yeah I do and I'm gonna I'm very intrigued by it as well I'm excited to see what he does I'm excited to see him play I think that he kind of has potentially an unfair knock on him that when he goes into off-season mode maybe he's not as hard of a worker and he's not a grinder like some of these other guys he's more laid back enjoying a vacation with the family which is fine you can do both uh, but he's come out and played very well early in the seasons in the past. He's won the tournament of champions. We've seen him win in California at Riviera and the Genesis and kind of dominate. So uh, it's not unlike him to come out of the gates hot, especially out there in California where he puts great on poa grass on a course that demands demands distance and accuracy and. Long iron play off the tee. It just seems like a great spot for him. And I would agree that the public sentiment is maybe just unknown and in, in sort of lukewarm on him.
0: Yeah, fair. The sixth pre-ranked golfer is arguably the most disappointing golfer in jock market history. Wow, that's a pretty big statement. But it's Bryson DeChambeau. And the reason I say that is basically this right here. He's played 20 oh. 20- two different cash markets. He's been a loser in 16 of them. Now that it includes a victory right at the API and he is still a a loser on average about 8.7%. And now Joe, he goes to a golf course that for 64 holes last summer, he looked like he was about to hoist a US Open trophy before things went very, very sideways. How in the world do we reconcile Bryson DeChambeau this week?
1: Yeah, this graphic you have right now, I think, is a great illustration of of this is Bryson, right? He's boom or bust. He's Mr. Volatility. And I think you've made the point before that this is kind of by design. Uh, When he changed his body, when he changed his swing, when he changed his entire approach to the game of golf I think that he had this in mind that there were going to be courses that were set up where he has a massive advantage and he can leverage that separation that we talked about earlier with Rom. where it doesn't matter where if he's coming in from the rough if he's coming in with eight iron and you're coming in with five iron the surface area of the green is so much bigger for him even though it's the same size green it's much bigger landing area for an eight iron than it's a five iron this is what why he changed his game. I think that he's boom or bust. Do you have any concerns? I know that he played great in that U.S. Open. Do you have any concerns with the two previous missed cuts here, or was that just – I mean, it was a totally different animal then, right?
0: I just have a lot of con- – so So the thing with with especially the South course is that it's, um, it's probably a slightly bit more risk-reward than the average PGA Tour course, and when you get risk-reward – You get really low scores and you get really high scores because sometimes uh, things go like, you know, you have six risk reward shots. If you're on the wrong end of six, you shoot a high score. If you're on the right end of six, you shoot a low score. And Bryson is that, but every shot like he is that (laughs) he is that by design. That's that's 72 holes, right? Right. So so it's really hard to be like, holy crap! It's like volatility multiplied by volatility. So uh, it, it's it's everything is scary, and I I do worry that his around the green play um, has been hemorrhaging strokes, and that's something that's probably going to come into play this week. Um, Austin in the chat it's a really smart comment. He says, imagine the worst guy is only an 8% loss and he's not wrong, right? So what I did is I went to, uh, you know, the, the, the stats here on rickrungood.com, which you can go check out. And I just sorted the history of cash markets and I sorted by average IPO, the most expensive golfers. And, uh, the first one with a career loss is Dustin Johnson. He's down $2 and 30 or two 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 point three six percent. Bryson's down 8.7%. And then I guess maybe Webb Simpson has been the worst jock market player because he's got the worst average ROI about a negative 17, with basically the highest ipo over eight dollars so maybe it's web and web and bryson that have been the biggest
1: disappointment yeah well like you mentioned uh earlier in terms of the other markets in the world right now people be praying for an eight percent deficit over the last month so not all bad you see the spikes in there you just got to catch them at the right time and i do think this is a, a proper setup for the way that he has constructed his body and his game do you are you of that mindset as well? Where smaller fairways, harder to hit. Oh yes, advantage Bryson, right?
0: Oh, the the smaller the fairway, the thicker the rough, the bigger the edge for Bryson. Yeah, it is yeah. when everyone plays out of the rough, Bryson wins. Matthew Wolf wins I mean the rest of his game that's a different question but like that yes that is one billion percent the key either everyone hits the fairway or no one hits the fairway that is when Bryson is best because he's gonna be longer than everybody and then the thicker the thicker the rough is just um yeah it's yeah, that's, and not that's a lot of dog way. legs
1: like these holes while the, the fairways on the overhead shots that they do like the hangars the fairways look like like strips of bacon out there because they're <laughs> super thin. But the rough, and you've been there, so correct me if I'm wrong, looks like you have a ton of room sort of usually on the both sides of each hole where you can miss it by five yards or you can miss it by 25 yards. And you basically have a very similar shot coming in. There's not a ton of trees in your way and trouble. It's kind of just either hit the fairway or it doesn't really matter how far you miss it by.
0: Yeah, there's one spot where you can basically uh, find trouble off the tee. Louis found it, uh, yeah. you know, coming down the street. Like that's that's the spot. Of course he 16 did. Sixteen yeah. or seventeen, whatever. That's sixteen or seventeen, whatever. Fifteen, whatever. Uh, yeah. That's the spot. That, but otherwise, you're right. If you're five yards off, one yard off, or twenty five yards off, um, you are in some thick stuff. Let's go back to. Actually, before I do that, let me give away a little bit more money. Satchman, you're on the board. Congratulations. Twenty bucks coming your way, Satchman. If you want to be like Satchman, you want to be a winner. Go ahead and drop your jock market username in the chat right now. We'll draw some more this evening. Let me make sure I got my spot. Perfect. Okay. Uh, here's the big board, Joe. Here's the big board. John Rom's still up top. Tony Finau coming in. The most second most expensive golfer in the jock market at the moment. $6.75. We are about, I don't know, 15, 18 minutes away from this IPO closing. Finau? Will likely be popular in most formats this week. But as we say in the jock market, like there's a price. There's going to be a, a, a time to buy Finau and there's going to be a time to just kind of let him go. And those who are disciplined uh, traders, especially on guys like Tony Finau, I think are going to be in a decent position this evening.
1: Yeah, I've got a target on him of $7.95 tonight. So basically, as long as he's under $8, bucks, i am pretty interested in it. I like Finau this week. While I'm sort of talking here, will you pull up his sort of jock market graph there? Yeah. Okay, cool. I was interested in this because Finau historically in last year was a bit of the anomaly, but would have this reputation of not a good guy to put your outright money on, right? Because he just (laughs) doesn't come through and win, but he top tens everywhere, so last year, it looks like he, he did not top 10 everywhere, and he finally got that win. So it seems like a bit of an anomaly year for him, but so consistent. Uh, he's a guy that you can usually pencil in for a top 10 here pretty easily at Torrey, uh, given his history.
0: Yeah, really that end of 2020, start of 2021 is what we've seen from Tony Fina for a longer period of time. And then he got more volatile, which is good if you want to win, bad yeah. if you want to return your backers a profit each and every week. But Tony, uh, out there this week, and he is off to a very good start in the market. We talked about Xander. Okay, here's a couple of guys that I think are interesting. Justin Thomas, $6.66 a share at the moment, and Will Zalator six hundred two. I think we can lump them together as very very good iron players wedge players approach players the deficiency is on the putting surfaces but these two are kind of in lockstep as of right now in terms of share price
1: that's a very funny comparison that I haven't heard before but yeah they're both elite sort of iron players that you would see I think that Zalatoris um, without pulling up the stats it just seems like JT has the big miss more than Zalatoris does but they're both below average putters um, and which is sort of always been their kryptonite. And the reason that they both uh, didn't have great season in their minds last year, Zalator is still looking for that first win. And Justin Thomas obviously had the win at the players, but other than that, I think walked away pretty disappointed. Um, Interesting cop. I think that Zalator coming in with a little better form and probably a much cheaper price is where I would lean this week.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to see how these guys shake out this evening. Justin Thomas in his jock market career has been a loser more often than he's been a, a winner. But with those pop weeks is about an 11% uh, return on your investment if he's been a part of your portfolio each and every week. Okay, as I continue down the board, I start to approach some interesting names. I get to Max Homa. I get to Ryan Palmer, but I get to Daniel Berger, who is being, for the first time in quite some time, Joe, very well-respected in outright markets, and now we have an evening where people have to kind of put their money where their mouth is, and he's currently $5 a share. I'll give it a refresh here in a second, but uh, Daniel Berger, I think, is going to be someone who kind of charges up this market tonight.
1: Very popular. And I think that the sports books are catching on to how good of a player he is and are just like he's a good putter, but he hasn't been putting well. So I feel like when that comes back, his iron play is on such a good run right now um, that he sets up really nicely. He hits short irons well, he hits long irons Well, he gives himself a ton of good birdie looks, which is kind of funny because he doesn't have the most um, picturesque swing. He's playing like a six-year-old set of irons, and he just kind of hits this low bullet cut in there. But it's super consistent, he knows exactly where it's going to go. He knows the exact distance, and he's spot on right now. So he hasn't been able, uh, particularly in the Hawaii swing, to roll in enough putts, but he is returning you 10.86% on average. So he's been a great player in jock market. You see there 13 of sort of the 24 times he's made you money as well. I think this is a good setup for him again
0: we are about 10 15 minutes away from this IPO closing I want to pick your brain on three guys who were very disappointing last week I'll pull up their prices but the three guys are Matthew Wolf Corey Connors and Taylor Gooch they all missed the cut yes. last week I um uh, the the wolf stuff got me good but I was able to avoid most of the other guys. So Corey Connors is still, and I'll refresh this $1 a share. That's obviously going to change. Taylor Gooch and Matthew Wolf. Wolf also $1 a share. And Taylor Gooch is 201. That will obviously change, Joe. But if you had to kind of rank these guys, assess them coming off of some fairly ugly missed cuts and now going to Tory Pines, how would you do so?
1: I, like, I don't mind going to Wolf this week. I was yeah, off maybe. of it last week. I think that he's got a big year in store. Look, he he kind of goes with the start, right? He's a very, I don't know the right word for it, but like emotional player maybe is the word for it. So if he starts out really hot, he's going to find himself in contention like he did last year at the U.S. Open, which came basically out of nowhere where he started himself hot and all of a sudden got his confidence back. He started out horribly last week, got a couple of bad breaks, and was basically out of the tournament by the turn. Uh, I think he, he can turn the page. All indications from his camp is that he's in a great spot mentally and physically. The swing looks great. I think this is a course where he can really take advantage of his length off the tee. I believe he's the second longest player after Bryson. Still a guy who led the PGA Tour in scoring average throughout the fall. I think there's a lot of upside there, and maybe enough burned people last week to keep the price down. Uh,
0: yeah, there certainly is going to be some polarized opinions on Matthew Wolf this week. How about Connors and Gooch? Because even as an investor of Wolf last week, I wasn't really surprised when he missed the cut. We knew it was going to yeah. be volatile. He's 22. 20- Two years old or whatever he is that's that's what happens especially with the type of swing that he runs out there with every single week but but gooch and connor's missing the cut was like the the horror right right to the chest i can't even believe it so how do we start to bounce back on these guys are they worth it or are we going to play the old wait and see game uh
1: wait it's going to depend on price for me rick again um sort of wait and see game but both terrific ball strikers both can hit a long iron shot really well. Both are currently in pretty good form. Look at those numbers from Corey Connors. Without a guy, this is a guy with without really breaking through, right? And getting that victory. He's still able to see those massive yeah, returns. That's very pretty crazy, steady actually. On the payout, too. Like the floor, with the exception of last week and a couple others, is relatively low on Connors with a lot of upside if he can putt well. Uh I You know, there's so many good players in the field this week. Is this a spot where he breaks through? I feel less inclined to think so on him than I would on a guy like Gooch or Wolf.
0: That might be the best ROI – I'm trying to just look at this – of, like, someone who hasn't – someone who's, like, generally that expensive who hasn't won. Um, Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, Kokrax won a couple of times. He's $5.54 a share. Uh, That might be – yeah. I'll have to deep dive that, but wow. Okay. Pretty, yeah. pretty good on Corey Connors. Here's, um, here's Gooch. I'll pull up Gooch here for just one second because, um, you know, <laughs> I think it's going to be really interesting how people treat Gooch, right? He had an awesome fall. Is he a yeah. fall player or is he a guy that's going to contend more regularly? And I think we're going to learn that the start of 2022 hasn't been great, but I, I this is another very interesting storyline for me this year.
1: Same with me. There's there's sort of this tier of players that and I'm not sure which one he's in. Like is he borderline elite where he can show up anywhere and win or is he in the tier players that are going to have a two month a year run of form and then be a mid-level, you know, sporadic, missing cuts type of player. So it has that clock sort of expired. Or has he turned the corner into becoming sort of fringe elite in this 30, 35 to 1 number where he finds a comfort zone? I think this next couple of weeks will kind of tell the story there.
0: Fair enough. Okay. We are now by my clock at 8.51 PM Eastern time. So we're just a couple minutes away from letting Joe go to do his thing. And then this IPO is going to close in about seven to nine minutes or so. So things are going to get pretty spicy, but let me give you one more look here at the top 10 on the board, Joe, because we've got one guy really lagging behind and it's maybe not a name I would have expected. It's Scotty Scheffler. Now he was very, very popular Last week, he finished T25. I don't think that's a huge disappointment. But currently sitting at $3 a share, the least expensive golfer in the top 10 of the pre-rank. Is everyone just forgetting about Scotty Scheffler and moving on?
1: Feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah. I haven't heard good. his name mentioned really once this week. Obviously didn't get himself into the Tournament of Champions. Kind of Funny how he made the cut last week with a couple of bomb putts late to sort of sneak his way in there. He, he chipped maybe that, in
0: and then made a putt on 18 to he, get him.
1: <laughs> how did he play on Sunday? Uh,
0: he must have played better because he made the cut on the number and then finished T25. So I'm imagining, without pulling it up, I imagine he gained strokes on the field.
1: So talented was probably, I think, for a lot of people that may be a casual golf fan, left very impressed with him, maybe more than anybody, at the Ryder Cup with how he was able to perform. So. Um, Super talented player, right? Should, should be great with the long iron. I like him in tough, difficult tests. He seems to be all around pretty solid. And, and you see there he's returning you on average with a couple of big spikes through the fall. So just because we haven't seen him uh, in a little bit of time, maybe you can catch him on a good price tonight.
0: Shot a 67 on Sunday, his best round of the week, and moved up 34 spots did Scotty Scheffler. So, Pretty impressive stuff around a a not-so-easy stadium course. All right, Joe, I think it's about that time. we got to let you go. I I was late last week, but it's 8.53. This is the time where Joe goes and does his bidding. How how many golfers are you shooting for? What would be the ideal number of golfers in your portfolio tonight?
1: I'm going to say seven. Seven is that sweet spot that I'm looking for. If I get a couple more, I won't be too upset given the prices.
0: All right. Fair enough. Seven is the number that Joe's going for, but things can get crazy as they will in the next few minutes. So if you've never been a part of this part of the IPO, here's what is about to happen. We are about four minutes away from us entering A 90 second window that generally happens at 857. Then in that 90 second window, the IPO can close at any time. It's randomized that way. We don't have a bunch of people writing bots and scripts to get everything in a half a second before this thing locks. It's actually pretty smart to do it that way. So I will take you the rest of the way and we'll keep a close eye on the big board, which is destined to change constantly. John Rahm has snapped through the $10 mark probably no surprise. He was $11.91 last week. He's been over $10 in 7 of his last 8 cash markets. He's done it again. If you're a buyer at 10.13, you're asking John Rom to finish basically 11th or better. That is the fair value position for John Rom. Then huge gap. Huge gap to Justin Thomas at 788. Nearly what is that? $2.50 Uh, uh, Indifference, and then there's just guys stacking up behind John Rom, Xander Shoffley, Tony Finau, Daniel Berger, Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, and the aforementioned Justin Thomas are all over seven dollars, but still multiple dollars away from John Rom. One of the most interesting kind of subplots to this cash market, is who is that number two golfer going to be? Who does number two work for? Will it be Xander Schauffele? <laughs> Will it be, just, you were thinking it, You that would be good. Justin Thomas. Could it be Daniel Berger, who is now up to $7.11? He's your 15th pre-ranked golfer. So we're seeing movement in that second position. That next tier, that's where we see Hideki Matsuyama. It's where we see Sam Burns. It's where we see a, our winner from two years ago. Mark Leishman, $6.25. And there it is. There's your big bump on Scotty Scheffler. He's now $6.25 a share. That makes a lot more sense. A couple of guys that have name value. How about Brooks Kepka? $5.5 per share. That is asking Brooks to finish about 31st or better. Brooks Kepka. I've heard of him. Max Homa, five and a quarter. Corey Connors, $5.02 a share. So we are seeing some bigger names, some guys that we've been investing in over the course of the past couple of years, lagging behind early in this jock market IPO for the Farmers Insurance Open. By my clock, it's 8.56 p.m. on the East Coast. So we are just moments away from entering that randomized period. We need a cool name for that period. We'll have to think of something. And John Rom continues to extend. John Rahm now, ten dollars and fifty cents. Remember, he owns the record for the most expensive golfer in jock market history: $12.51 a share at waste management. $1.91 last week. That was the second most expensive he's ever been. Will we see John Rom try to tackle that record tonight? We'll see. Course record is certainly good. A little bit of movement on Tony Fee now. He's now the third most expensive golfer. Let's go down the board here because there's certainly plenty of value, sub $4. Hudson Swafford coming off his victory last week is $3.56 a share. Joseph Bramlett has made both cuts he's played at Tory Pines. He's a bomber. Played well last week, played well the week before, $3.58. We'll see if there's any movement on him. I'm going to go to the second page, see if I can find some penny stocks here before I give this one more refresh. Can you stomach Ricky Fowler? If so, it'll cost you $3.01 per share. We're now in that time period. We're now in that random period this IPO can close at any moment, anytime in the next 90 seconds or so. And obviously, some of those have expired. John Rom. Since last refresh, another quarter. That's right, 10.75 for John Ron. Every time I refresh it, he's up another Washington. Justin Thomas has broken through and is starting to solidify himself as not only the number two pre-ranked golfer, but the second most expensive golfer in tonight's jock market, $8.39. The only golfer in the $8 range as of this moment, although Xander Schauffele is going to try to change that because he's seven ninety nine, The San Diego kid has played here, by his own estimate, at least 100 times in his life. I'm going to try to give this one more refresh. Joe is furiously putting bids in. Hopefully we you guys are,
1: are still live.
0: Okay, we are still live. Hopefully you are all outbidding Joe. And as expected, <laughs> Xander Schauffele is indeed now over eight dollars a share. 808 big jump for Hideki Matsuyama. Here it comes. A little late sentiment on Hideki, usually hard to come by in the jock market. He's now seven dollars and fifty cents. Brooks Kepka up 75 cents now, 625. And Scotty Scheffler kind of hanging strong there in that mid six dollar range. Bryson D. who led the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines for basically 64 holes. Uh, Seven dollars and twenty-four cents a share. People trying to figure out if they want to buy back in on the big beefy one. Let's give this one more refresh. I think I can sneak it in. We're still live, I believe.
1: We're still live.
0: We are still live. Eight fifty-eight by my clock. John Rom has not moved. Ten seventy-five for John Rom. Xander Shawfley. Okay, here we go. We're seeing this battle for second uh, really start to shape up right now. A penny separates Justin Thomas and Xander Shoffley, 851 and 850. Those two are battling it out to be the second most expensive golfer in this Farmers Insurance Open IPO. Here comes Sam Burns, now more expensive than Dustin Johnson. He's a long driver of the golf ball. He putts well on all surfaces, especially POA. Really good approach player. He was in the final group last year with Patrick Reed. Sam Burns catching steam late in this market. And we're going to shut it down. That'll do it. Shut it down. IPO is... Closed. Good, bad, or indifferent, Joe. How did how'd it go?
1: I think very good. We'll see how things shape up over, but it felt like a a decent close time. I was trying you made that comment at the very end about Burns outpricing DJ, and I went to scoop up some immediate shares of Dustin Johnson because that's I love Sam Burns, but that's not right, man. Not on our guy DJ. Uh, So not uh, closed by that point. So congrats to you if you got some DJ shares. I would happily take them off your hands
0: okay a couple of items we'll do a couple of housekeeping items because I've got to get uh, I gotta let the, the the big board refresh here let me give away a little bit of money I believe this is an I not a an l Justin I, I believe it's i one put that would make sense as the username i one put congratulations you're on the board if that is not an I if that's an l or something Justin send a message because I'm gonna pass over that username to the guys at jock market so I believe it's i one put that would make more sense. Uh, Additionally, I'm going to get Joe's portfolio in a second, but there was a question in the chat that I think we should address from Matt. Joe asking, how do we short golfers? You actually have to go into your settings, right? Joe, you have to turn this feature on and then you will see you will have the ability to short golfers.
1: Yeah, Matt, let me look at it. So once the event starts, if you go back to your sort of homepage, which will look something like this, right? Uh, your homepage in that top right you'll see the little person icon where you can go to your settings uh, make sure that you go to user account and you can enable shorting so it's just a little toggle that you can press over there Uh, there's tutorials on the site we've done one as well in terms of to how to go about that but it's pretty self-explanatory but certainly check out that on the tutorials page if you need a little walkthrough
0: yeah, and it goes without saying. Uh, now that it's closed, you'll be able to you'll be able to short golfers. Yes, after uh, IPO only. Yeah, yeah. I think you might have said that, um, which is a good call. Okay, so I've got the big board refreshed here, but Joe, we are going to get your shares from your portfolio before you tell us who. How many did you get? Eight. Eight. Okay, so close, close to what we were shooting for uh, this evening. Who are the lucky eight? Xander. Yeah, baby.
1: Eight fifty-five. I believe he was third. Did he finish third or yes. second? in Pricing third, third right behind eight, JT. Uh,
0: JT was eight fifty-six, so one cent between them. So I
1: had a target on Xander of eight dollars and ninety cents. He was a little bit under that, so I like the position there. Um, followed by at the seven dollars fifty cent range, I got two of them. Hideki, who I think perennially is undervalued at jock market in We've learned a bit that. Shocked yeah. that. Uh, Bryson wasn't higher this week, so um, kind of surprising there. Moving down in sort of that mid range or the mid cap range that we call it. Joaquin Neiman, I thought was a pretty good price this week five dollars and nine cents. Keegan Bradley, who has a great yeah. track record around Tory Pines, remember, That's- we're not asking him to win, we're asking him to make the cut, Keegan, yeah. and play yeah. well through the weekend. You've probably got a bit top 30 or so to pay that back. Uh, Brant Snedeker, a couple of time champion here. Recent form has not been terrible. So I'm going to take a little bit of flyer him right under the $4 mark. And then my two, I guess, penny stocks, as you could say, are are long hitting um, young rookies. Taylor Pendrith and Sahith Tagala are both the two guys that I went there. Hopefully they can leverage their distance off the tee this week and, and, you know, hit enough greens to make it pay off.
0: Sahith, Pendris, Snedeker, Bradley, Neiman, Bryson, Hideki, and Xander Shoffley rounds out the portfolio for Joe. Let us know who you got in your portfolio. Drop it in the chat. And this is your last opportunity to get your jock market username in the chat because I'm going to draw a little bit more money here in just one second. Okay, time to reveal the big board, the final big board. Absolutely no surprise that John Rahm went for 1075, Joe. It is probably... uh, one of the more fair prices we've seen on him recently. He's going to have to finish 10th or better to return a profit, but it did not get out of hand on John Robb tonight.
1: No, it did not. Yeah. 10th or better. I think that's right about right. What's kind of surprising here is only three guys cleared eight bucks, which I don't know how many times that happened, especially with a lot of big names there. I mean, there were six guys that were fair value or pre-ranked above that $8 threshold. Um, It looks like DJ, Hideki and Bryson all kind of sat there in the $7.50 range, about 50 cents under where they were projected to go. So kind of interesting that the market seems to be congregating a bit more to the to the middle here in, in the beef.
0: Yeah, good point. There's only three golfers over seven bucks or eight bucks, I guess. Eight bucks, yeah. Yeah, Justin Thomas, eight fifty six. Xander dollars eight fifty five. Talked about them, and then they just pile up. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight golfers in the seven dollar range. It's Finau, it's Burns, Dustin Johnson, Hideki, Bryson, Berger, Scheffler, Sung J M. Um, any issues with how this tier kind of played itself out?
1: No. None at all. I like Hideki the best in that range. I think coming off the recent win, great, great form at Tory as well. Um, So I was a bit shocked at that price. Burns felt a little bit high for me going above those, you know, the three big ones there and DJ Hideki Bryson. Um, So that one felt a little bit off. Fina went above all three of those guys as well, who I think may possess a little bit more win equity. So, but you can't argue with the current form of Burns, right?
0: no you cannot how about brooks kepka 629 jordan spieth 595 these guys this is um so this is interesting you know outright markets uh fluctuate very quickly on brooks kepka right they 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 let him slide right especially for non-major championships they they let him slide it took a while When After like 2015, 16, 17 Jordan Spieth, it took a long time for outright markets to finally like let him go when he was playing poorly. But now he seems to be bouncing all over the place, which I guess is, man, it's just a lot of ebbs and flows for these two guys.
1: Yeah, Brooks is one of those guys, you're right, who seems to have a sliding scale of – you know, they'll push him to 50 to 1 in some events. I had like a 56 to 1 at the waist last year when he won, but then. After he wins, and we're coming up on a big tournament, they'll slide him to like twelve to one to win the Masters.
0: He's he's eighteen to one to win the Masters right now. He's fourteen to one to win the U.S. Open right now. How can yeah. how can that how, how can he be like forty or fifty to one this week?
1: It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I took him forty to one this week. I had a bid on him tonight at six dollars and I think like thirteen cents or something like that. So I just got outbid late on Brooks. Look, the the he's volatile. The current form isn't great. You look at any sort of stat model and he's not gonna to appear to be doing much well, but you put him on a long, difficult golf course where par is a pretty good score. I like Brooks a lot more on on sort of those type of setups. Matt Wolf is another one that they'll slide all over the place because they'll push him up to a hundred to one. But yeah. if he plays well in tops five, they'll slide him down there in like the female range of like thirty to one. So there's a couple of guys like that, very unique that that they will have a, a big scale, you know, on sort of pros and cons with their with their betting numbers and sentiment.
0: Kepka's been a loser in ten straight cash markets, and I bet him this week, so maybe maybe I'm the sucker here.
1: I bet him too, man. Let's go. He's got to turn the table at some point.
0: All right, a couple of notables that I kind of like here. I like the upside of Lanto Griffin and Justin Rose in that mid to low. $5 range uh going down a little bit further Jason Day went for 350 so he was okay so okay we should do this Jason Day we had fair value 403 he went for 349 so he went for 50 cents cheaper than what we had him for before the start Joe Mav McNeely went for 60 cents more Jordan Spieth went for where is 595. Wow. Almost. We had him at 748 and yeah. Ram at 961. So he went for a dollar more. Does is that, I mean, speed's the big difference there.
1: Yeah. Speed's the big difference. So it seems like the sentiment uh, is shared on what we said about speed, and there isn't a whole lot of expectations this week. He's, hmm. he, you know, things haven't looked great the last couple of times that I've seen him. So he didn't, I didn't think he looked very good at tournament of champions at the hero, which isn't going to show up in most of your, you know, the models or recent history. He was awful. I think he was dead last at the hero. So he was terrible that week. Uh, I don't quite know what to think of him, but I want to see him playing better. If I'm going to put some dollars on him.
0: Fair enough. All right. Let me give away some more cash. Ryan. Rosemont or Rosemount Irish, congratulations. You are on the board. And if you want more free money, use the code POWER when you deposit. That is up to a $50 deposit bonus. You, of course, can always follow Joe on Twitter at TorPix. You can always follow me at Rick Run Good. Joe, this is going to be a fun one, but we are right back at it in our normal time slot for next week which is going to be pebble beach back to wednesday 8 15 p.m eastern time
1: wednesdays for the foreseeable future every week 8 15 to 9 15 so uh best of luck to everyone out there this week at tory we'll see you guys soon
0: goodbye and good luck we'll see you next week